Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rutledge Perspective podcast. And I am thrilled to have my guest this week, Jacqueline Wales. And you are going to hear so much about her. And and timing is just serendipitous because you'll hear on a previous episode and just because of timing, um, it happened to be really close to this one, a previous episode where I talked about caution versus fear. And then as I was looking at my calendar, I'm like, oh, this is great. I get to talk to an expert on how we really deal with fear and work through that, especially as women um, in the workplace. And so you're going to hear some great things from her. I'm going to introduce her really quickly. And as usual, you'll get the full bio in the show notes. So I'm just going to tell you a few highlights, and then we are going to dive right in. So Jacqueline is an astute observer of behavior, and she's endlessly fascinated by the messiness of being human. As the author of When the Crow Sings, The Fearless Factor, The Fearless Factor at Work, and the soon-to-be-published Fearless Women Leading the Way, she's explored human behavior and asked tough questions to discover hard truths for more than 35 years. And what's really cool about her, besides being this amazing author, right, is she's a writer, a singer, and a global nomad who has lived and traveled on three continents. And she developed a passion for martial arts, earning a black belt in karate, and now is an avid CrossFit athlete, which just blows my mind because every time I see those people do those box jumps, I just, I I get hives. So Jacqueline, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Rutless Perspective. Thank you for spending this time with me. Well, thank you for that great introduction, Laura. That was wonderful. And and no, I don't jump onto the box. I step up and step down. (laughs) (laughs) Just every time I see those, I'm like, oh, I can just see myself falling and busting out my teeth, right? Talk about fear. I just, I, I, yeah, Yeah. no. No, it takes takes a lot of, a lot of bounce. (laughs) I'm getting too old for the bounce, frankly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just thinking about it, my knees, my back. Yeah, no. So I'll find other ways to kind of do that. Well, I want you guys to really hear. So we're going to start first with Jacqueline giving us a little bit kind of a background and how she got here. And then we're going to dive right into this fear topic. So Jacqueline, tell us a little bit more about you and this journey. So the journey really began at a very early age when, you know, fear in the household was pretty uh, damn high because Mm -hmm. my father was an alcoholic and and definitely didn't know how to control his temper. So we took it out on everybody else. That eventually led to a series of of different events in my life, a lot of drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol, children born outside of marriage. My life was a wreck for the first 27, 28 years, frankly. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of gifts in there, but there was definitely pieces that needed to be worked on. So mm-hmm. by the time I got to my 30s, it was clear that that fear was really rampant, you know. And at the same time, I had challenged myself to move from London to San Francisco again, like I did the first time from Edinburgh, Scotland to London. I knew nobody, had no money only what was on my back and figured that I would work it out. And that's Mm -hmm. 
been the story of my life. It's like, you know, let's yeah. take it by the seat of the pants and let's see what happens. But you have to face a lot of discomfort when you live your life that way. And yes. uh, I certainly understood that a lot. And so when I finally got in touch with how much fear and anger, because the anger was was associated with the fear, had directed my life. And that was probably in my 40s, early 40s. Yeah. I then began to understand that there was a different way of being, of thinking and so forth. So the journey to where I am today has been several decades in the making. Um, mm-hmm. And as someone just about half an hour said to me, you know, you seem so confident, you seem so present, you've got, you know, all of this great energy. And I was like, it's not always been there. You know, (laughs) it's something you got to work on. And as a woman, specifically, we have so much built into our DNA around who we are and how we show up in the world and what we can accomplish and and all the rest of that. Uh, And then if you add in, you know, childhood traumas and everything else that goes along with that, Fear is a very real subject, but when I began to realize that fear is an enormous motivator. So, you know, why does fear matter to our success? Because it's either a driver or it's a barricade or it's both. And in my case, it was both. It was both the barricade and the driver. Because as one therapist told me, your anger has been your sustainable peace because you've been so pissed off that you were determined. If you tell me you can't, I can't do something, I would go, watch me. Yes, yes. Well, and that's, I want to dig more into that because when we think about fear, you know, and it can be debilitating, it can absolutely put you, you know, that nervous system, that reptilian brain can put you in dorsal where all you want to do is just go to bed, you know, your complete freeze. But it can also be the thing that does drive you, right? That phonetic energy. So before we dig into kind of the driver, let's talk about kind of that, the fear that ends up as the barricade and how we recognize that and then can put it in the right place. Yeah. Well, when I use the word barricade, what I have in mind is like, you know, the street barricades where you've got mm-hmm. mass- boxes and tires and all kinds of of garbage that you piled up in order to keep out the enemy. Well, who's the enemy? It's you. Yes. That's so good. (laughs) Yes. Who are you keeping out? You. Yeah, exactly. So when we look at, at, at the barricades of our negative thinking of our, I'm not good enough of our self doubt of the imposter syndrome of that sense of, I can't claim my authority because somebody is going to knock me down Mm -hmm. because I'm not supposed to be an assertive woman. And primarily I'm addressing women because this is my target market. Um, And it's to that point of where we get in our own way around this, you know, and fundamentally fear is based on, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. But by whose standards? You heard messages when you were growing up that somehow you didn't measure up. You yeah. heard messages that somehow you would never succeed. My father told me for years I never succeed at anything. And mm-hmm. of course, I went about trying to prove him right for a while until I realized that that was bullshit. And right. I better figure this out for myself. But when we really look at our behaviors and our thinking and we look at, you know, fear is an emotion. Mm -hmm. fear primarily is based on 
the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. It, you know, we are master storytellers, every one of us, yes. but we're into judgment. We're into the opinions of others. We're into approval seeking. We're into all kinds of behaviors that ultimately sabotage the essence of who we truly mm -hmm. are. But mm -hmm. finding out who you truly are means you've got to be willing to cross that chasm of saying, I don't feel like I'm good enough, but I'm going to go find out if that's true. Yes. Yes. And well, and, and I think you tapped on something that is so critically important. And, you know, I talk about this a lot with my therapist as well. And I'm so glad you talk about having a therapist because there's so many people who still, I think it's, I think it's better. It's one of the good things that came out of this whole pandemic, right? Is this focus on mental health and kind of taking a lot of the shame away from, from therapy and being in therapy. But one of the things that we've talked about for, for years that I've been working with her is there's the experience that you have that is factual, right? It's real. So something happened and it impacted you. But then there's the story you tell yourself around that experience. And the story may or may not be true. Yes, it's based in fact, but how have you spun that to then put yourself in a position where, as you said, I, I can't move. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I can't handle anything that's that's too hard or too high, or I can't do those box jumps, right? So that whole idea of us spinning stories that actually feed the fear as a barricade, as opposed to feeding the fear as like something we can stand upon to move forward. And as you mentioned, how do you use that to just say, do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I heard something years ago about fear being the sharp edge of excitement. And mm, that's good. I thought that was really, really good. And, I, and at the time I said, oh, so that's why I feel like I've been living on a knife edge all my life. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what are you going to do next to push your way through this? You know, but to mm -hmm. your point, the stories that we tell ourselves, we can either tell ourselves a positive story or a negative story. And the yes. brain doesn't know the difference between the two. So mm -hmm. I like to say that when I'm teaching my clients, when I'm working with my clients, we're setting some new neural pathways in the brain. Yes. And so when you hear that negative voice in there, first of all, mm -hmm. ask yourself, who's doing the talking? Yes. Nine times out of 10, it wasn't you that started that messaging in your head. It was somebody else. And you took mm -hmm. that as because it was important. They were an authority figure. That, mm -hmm. that was the truth of who you are. But to your point, I, I like to say fear is imagination based, based on mm -hmm. the stories we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's also about do you have empirical evidence for your fears? Because yes. too many times fears are predicated on what will happen in the future. Yes. Instead of realizing, as you said, this is our reality right this mm -hmm. minute. Mm -hmm. What happened mm -hmm. five minutes ago in our conversation is already part of history. And if you ask me what we talked about five minutes ago, I would have a hard time telling you. And what's <laughs> going to happen five minutes from now? I have no idea. Yeah. But we build the stories of worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be broke. I'm not going to have a job. I am somehow not going to have a good relationship. Whatever it is, that story that you're telling yourself, you have to stop and think about, is that the story I really want? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I get the other side when people come in, they go, but I don't really know what I want. Okay, so tell me what you don't want. Start somewhere, right? 
somewhere. Tell me what you don't want. Yeah. Now, once yeah. you've clarified that piece, let's set aside reality. Let's yeah. set aside the sense of, well, that's not practical. Mm-hmm. Nobody's that. Nobody's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you tried it? No. Maybe. <laughs> success. Fear of success. Yes. What happens if I succeed? My life will change. Well, yes, yes it will. Yes. And that's a big one. You know, I know for me, that was a big aha moment for me, or as I call it, a well damn moment. Um, Because most people have the nice, clean ahas. I'm like, well, damn, (laughs) why didn't I get that earlier? Which is for me, success equals pain, right? That's, That's what the pathway, the connect is for me, because the experience of being really successful was extremely painful. So I automatically connect more success, more pain, more success, more pain. Hey, I left all that success. So I wouldn't have pain. So why am I working on success? Cause I'm gonna have pain. And so you have to disconnect that. And so as you think about what you've been doing and how you've been working with clients, yes, starting with the stuff they don't want to do, but how do you help them start to disconnect those incorrect stories, right? Maybe accurate experiences, but incorrect stories. So I think, you know, when I'm working with a client and I want them to tell me the story of who they think they are, Mm -hmm. and then you start to see all the cracks. Now I do a lot of behavioral work. So the Mm -hmm. behavioral assessments, 360s, from this, the the analysis that's done, very scientific and and really Mm -hmm. right on point. When I look at the behaviors that are working in an individual, I can tell you right now where fear is working for you. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you've got a lot of passive defensive, approval-driven, dependent, not making decisions, or you're highly competitive or very power-driven where you need to, you know, your status is everything and you've got mm-hmm. control and so forth, or even perfectionism, it's all about fear and not yeah, being yeah. good enough. So I will usually start there with my clients mm-hmm. and then we kind of move out from there, but I'm always going to be challenging them on the stories they tell me. Mm-hmm. You think that story is real? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Okay. So if it's not real, so what would be the alternative reality that you could create for yourself? Mm-hmm. So for instance, I'm working with a client right now, very high level individual very consumed by negative thinking. Mm -hmm. And so my task for her right now is notice, just notice. Yes. You know, it's like, I call it the two by four syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, how often do you want to keep slapping yourself up the side of the head? And, you know, every time you do that, every time you have a negative uh, take on, on your behavior, or every time you have a thought about not being capable, or every time you, you feel that self-doubt creeping in as to whether you should Mm -hmm. take that next risk, whether you really are able to have a vision of three years out there, what are you going to be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, well, Mm -hmm. I can't think three years ahead. Well, give it a try see what happens you know my tagline is be fearless see where it gets you you know and being fearless is not the absence of fear but it's the courage to take that next step and that's Mm -hmm. really what I invite my clients to do take that next step and that's what I invite your listeners to do right now Mm -hmm. when your fear shows up think about first of all is it real and secondly what's the smallest step you can take that would move you beyond it because I guarantee you that when you move beyond your fears, it ain't nowhere near as bad as you think. 
Because again, it's right. Yeah. Right. Because we can, t- man, we can make up some incredible stories. Oh, yeah. We can make up some incredible stories and things. I mean, that's the old adage, right? Things are never as bad as we make them out to be. Never, ever, ever, ever. Right. And so as you are working with people and you said something that's really key that I want people to really pay attention to, which is to pay attention. I call it just awareness. Right. Be aware. The first step to being able to address whatever it is you're addressing, whether it's fear, whether it's imposter syndrome, which is based in fear, which whatever it is, you have to be aware you're feeling it first. You have to be aware that the negative thoughts are happening. You have to be aware that you're stopping yourself, that you're in paralysis. You have to be aware. And if the first step is just awareness and you still can't do anything different, okay. But at least you're becoming aware. Yes. Baby steps. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and that's, you know, a lot of my books are about self-awareness. It's about how do we open ourselves up to knowing who we are? You know, and again, what's the true story of who you are? Mm-hmm. Not the bullshit story that, that somebody else planted there or what you've yeah, come yeah. to believe is who you are, mm-hmm. the true essence of who you are. But to get there takes work. And that's the piece that most people pull back on. I mean, I, I, you know, I quote statistics in one of my, my speeches where I say mm-hmm. 20% of the population is willing to embrace change. That yeah, means yeah. that 80% of people go along to get along. They yeah, want to yeah. stay in their comfort zone. But you cannot grow without being uncomfortable. So get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because every time you go for a stretch, and God knows I've been doing a lot of that in the last year, um, you know, scared to death. I mean, like, really, you're going to do what? And you're hoping to get what? And the answer is, yeah, 100%. I can make that happen. But that doesn't come about easily. Right, to right. get that kind of confidence, people will say to me, how do you get more confidence? And I go, just keep doing what you're doing. But make you it just got to do. Make it better. Yeah. 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 Well, and like you say, you know, it's, it's that change thing. It's, it's, it's doing the work and being willing to do the work. Is There was a quote that I saw a long time ago. Everybody wants to do a diamond until they realize they have to be willing to be cut right? And so you can, you can be the raw diamond, right? Which also is under a lot of pressure to be formed, but to be the beautiful, pretty thing you see in a ring, you got to be willing for somebody to cut you. Yeah. And, and I had a CEO a long time ago say, you know, the strongest steel is forged in the hottest fire. And so that whole idea of facing that stuff that's keeping us back, that's really, really hard work. It's really hard work, but if you're willing to do the work, man, the outcome on the other side is so worth it. Your life becomes far richer when you do the work, when you understand that where you hold yourself back, like I said earlier, you are your own worst enemy. Learn how Mm. to be your own best friend. Learn how to show yourself some compassion when you feel like you messed up or when you feel like you didn't give it your best, instead of that Mm -hmm. harsh, judgmental, opinionated voice that comes in, think about, I can be kinder to me, you know? We we wouldn't treat our best friends the same way that we treat ourselves, you know? Yes, yes. That's pretty much it, yeah. Some of the things we say, I had my therapist tell me one time, she's like, the things that you're saying to you about you, would you say that to anybody else? I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Why? No, because that's rude and mean. And she's like, so why are you saying that stuff to yourself? That's right. And I was like, 
Oh, well, that's that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. It was interesting when you said about, you know, doing the work and, and coming out of that hard place, the diamond yeah. piece. During some of my hardest therapy, mm-hmm. at a certain point, I said, I feel like the phoenix coming out of the ashes. Yes. And I actually yes. create, there's a piece at the beginning of my keynote speech where I talk about being trapped inside a black box that's all charred, mm-hmm. smoky and peeling. And that mm-hmm. black box was fear. And I was yeah. trapped in it for years. Yes. So they're, they're escaping out of the box because, again, yeah. the box wasn't really there, but I put myself in it. Yes. Yes. And so how do we take that? You know, so we talked about kind of that driver, what, it, what, what keeps us in the box, what keeps us from moving. But a lot of what you talk about, which is what makes, I wanted to make sure we had this conversation, Jacqueline, because that whole idea of fearlessness, right? And, and embracing the fear as a driver. And that it's not, as you say, it's not the absence of fear, right? It's just the courage to take the next step. So maybe dig in a little bit more about that for people to become not so afraid of the fear, right? But to, to really be okay with pushing through some of that. So think about fear, it's an emotion. That's all it is. So we have grief in our life, we have sadness in our life, we have loss, we have you know all kinds mm-hmm. of emotions that we deal with. The spectrum of emotions is vast. Yeah. Yeah. It's one piece of it. But tied into fear is our ability to trust ourselves. Mm. Trust is really a big piece of this. Do you yeah. trust yourself that you can handle whatever it is that comes your way? Now, I'm not the first person to say this. Susan Jeffers wrote about this and feel the fear and do it anyway about 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the point being is that trust is a critical part of, part of this. Do you trust yourself? Mm-hmm. And, and again, that self-doubt comes out of the fact that I don't trust that I'm capable. I don't trust that I can make the right decisions. I don't trust that other people have my best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. A big so I like to say when you learn how to trust yourself, you can trust other people easier than before. But the trust piece takes care of a lot of the fear piece Mm -hmm. because the fear can show up. Yeah, I'm damned uncomfortable. You know, I was was a performer for, for years too. I mean, I got up in front of audiences and you know, worked as a cantor for, for high holidays for, for a few years, yeah. which is another part of my history. And did I get the stomach stuff and the sweaty palms and I need to go to the bathroom three times before I finally get up and open my mouth on stage? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And were the first notes really tight in the throat? Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. But the more I relaxed into it and I trusted that I knew what it was I was, what I was doing and that I had the, mm-hmm. the talent for it. Mm-hmm. Then it soared and it touched people's hearts. And right. that's that's really all I have to say about that in terms of, you know, trust yourself because the fear thing, it's imagination based. Keep that in yes. mind. Unless right. you've got some empirical evidence that fear is real. And for some people it is, you know, mm-hmm. poverty is a real fear. Yes. That. Domestic violence is a real fear. Financial mm-hmm. instability is a real fear. Right. But what actions are you taking to move that aside? It yeah. doesn't have to be your reality. And when people yeah. say, I can't, well, then you just gave up. Period. Right. right. So right. I don't know if I can, 
but I'm willing to try becomes the driver right there. And I know that I am feeling really uncomfortable with this feeling of, you know, I might be in my imagination making stuff up and I I will never get what it is I'm looking for. But if I go to that, I'll never get what I'm looking for. Then you probably won't. You probably won't. And, and if all you're thinking about is I'll never get what I'm looking for, you also don't leave yourself open for the other stuff you never even imagined that could come your way. Thank you. That's exactly right. Because a lot of us, including myself, mm-hmm. we can kind of imagine it, but yeah. we're not really seizing that vision and saying, exactly. I want to make it my own. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that one again, seize the vision and make it yes. your own, which means you must deal with the uncertainty. You must deal with the anxiety that comes about from not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that whole idea of trusting yourself, because some of that is about preparation, right? Some of that is about, well, I, I don't know, or what if, or I'm not enough, right? That kind of that basic imposter syndrome, or, or I don't have enough of the thing, or I'm not enough of the thing. Um, and some of it, it truly is about, have I done everything I needed to do to get ready? Mm-hmm. And when we look at that piece of trying to address fear and address fearlessness, we have the additional story that's being told that says, I'm never ready. I'm never going to be ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Just one more month, right? One more week, one more day. I just need one more minute, right? And, and so our fear, while in that point, it doesn't necessarily feel like fear because we're preparing to do something. Yeah. That fear is still like now the hidden story, right? It's the, it's the spy, I call it the spider web effect, right? You can still feel them. You can't see them anymore because they're so fine, but you can still feel them and they show up. And then two hours later, you're still itching, right? Because <laughs> it's still there somewhere. Even if, even if it's gone, it feels like it's there. That fear that gets covert and still keeps us like stuck. Yeah. How do you keep people to just, just pressing forward? You know, don't, don't, don't trade one fear for another, so to speak. You know, you bring up a really important point, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's never done. You know, it's like, I need to do, it's like, how many women do we know who have to take one more course? And I've been guilty of it. You know, it's like, I got to go learn something else because I need that in order to move on, you know? And of course we could probably do quite well without it, you know, or, you know, reasonably well, but it's Mm -hmm. like you're looking for that expertise. And again, claiming authority, claiming your authority becomes a big piece of this. I like to say either you're the author of your own life or you're living in someone else's epic novel. So, you know, when we, we think about what is, what is it you're trying to create Mm -hmm. and know that, yeah, you do not need more in order to get that. So enough. So when you get to that point of saying it's, it's enough, I'm enough. That's really Mm -hmm. what that's about. Yes. Yes. Now, none of us gets there alone. We can't sit in our own little bubbles. We can listen to this conversation we're having today and go, right. Yeah, that's all well and good. Great. (laughs) You know, how do I change what's going on for me? Find a sounding board. Find somebody that you know understands what it is you're going through and you can make the changes necessary. 
because change doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. I look back right. on all the women and, and others who have helped me over the years. Mm -hmm. I would not be the confident, capable woman I am today if it hadn't been for some really great teachers who were able to say, don't go that way, go this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what and we, need yeah, we need guidance. And those people that challenge the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? The good ones and the bad ones. Because you also need the people who are saying, Okay, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. I know you think that was just phenomenal and the best thing ever, but let's talk about that a little bit, right? With love, L-O-V-E. But it's it's that whole, I think something you just said that I don't want people to miss is seizing your own authority, right? Knowing you're enough, knowing you have enough, right? You're prepared, just move because you're never going to get to perfection. Nothing's ever perfect no. because we never get done. But there's this idea of seizing your authority. Maybe talk a little bit more about that. Well, you bring up the issue of perfectionism. And, and I think perfectionism is also the not good enough syndrome, frankly, you know, because there's always something. And I like to say perfectionism is the enemy of excellence. Yes. Because, you know, there's no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing mm -hmm. as done, done. And of course, if we look at the journey of life, mm -hmm. it's not over till you're in the pine box going out the door. Yeah. So up until that moment, you have plenty of opportunity to change what's working, not working for you. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we address those issues going forward, I'm a lifelong learner. You're a lifelong learner. Yes. We embrace our education. We embrace knowledge. We embrace different mm -hmm. experiences. Learn how to do that authentically. Yeah. yeah. And when you can do that authentically, and you can take ownership of your skills and talents, everything that you've acquired in your lifetime to date that makes mm -hmm. you absolutely who you are. And forget yeah. comparing yourself to other people because that's like a trap. You know, right. whenever you're looking at somebody else and going, oh, I want to be like them. Ah, how about being just like you? Yes. Yeah, but you, you, yes. you, you know, I'm, I'm really not everything I could be. Well, okay, work on it. Right. Because you've got a lifetime to be able to make that happen. And, yes. you know, I'm coming up on my 70th birthday shortly. And I can tell yeah. you right now that my next 10 years are going to be kick ass because See? that's where I'm sitting right now. And by the time I get to 80, yes. I'm like, yeah, it might be time to take it easy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's, that is the, for you guys listening or watching, that's the epitome of fearlessness right? Just step fully into it. The worst that can happen is you mess up. Well, that's just a lesson, right? Failure is not fatal. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again. Wasn't that a song? Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again. Probably some kind of Disney something. So off and start all over again. That's it. That's it. I don't even remember what movie that's from. So, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's that whole idea that fear doesn't have to be debilitating. And, and I highly encourage you guys that are listening to this and that are you know watching this, please, please, please go pick up Jacqueline's books and listen to this and listen to her every time you can find her on anything. Because this whole idea of, of sitting in your genius, right? Sitting in owning your authority. And I love that, you know, own your authority because there's only one you stop trying to be everybody else. 
There's only one you and you have the opportunity to decide whether that fear is going to be a barricade, as she says, or that fear is going to be a driver for you. That movement forward, that ability to step into your greatness. So Jacqueline, as we end, what are a couple of pieces of really great advice that you want people to know to be able to take away from here? If they're saying, man, I'm just stuck. What are a couple of things you want them to do today? So if somebody's sitting there thinking I'm just stuck, okay, what is the one thing, one thing that you can do that would be, would make a difference? Mm. And there's a great book out there called The One Thing. And he talks about, you know, what is the one thing you can do today that would change everything? Mm. And I think that's a really important piece right there. So just one thing, one small thing. It doesn't have to be a huge leap. It's not about mm-hmm. changing the entire, you know, whatever it is. Just yeah. one thing. That would be yeah. my first piece of advice for you. Mm-hmm. Second piece of advice is when that fear shows up and you start hearing those alarm bells and you start thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Yes. Write them all down. Mm-hmm. All the things that can go wrong. Yeah. And then put another column all the things that can go right. Uh, Ask yourself, which one would you rather believe in? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Because even the act of just writing it down, you know, getting it out of your head, not letting it fester, right? You're putting it down on paper. And that's phenomenal. Journaling and and a lot of my work. And in fact, all of my books have a section at the end of every chapter, Mm -hmm. which is a list of questions that I want you to ask yourself. So Mm -hmm. if anybody's listening to this, go get a copy of The Fearless Factor or The Fearless Factor at work. There are plenty of questions in both of those books that will allow Mm -hmm. you to do some very deep self-reflection. Because let's face it, if we don't take the time to really think about this stuff. Yes. Then you keep just doing the same old, same old and nothing changes. Yes, exactly. And then we're at the end and we're like, well, what happened? How come I didn't? Well, if you give yourself the gift of doing the work that Jacqueline is talking about. Give yourself the gift of doing the work. It's not a chore, it's a gift to do the hard work. The things that can happen and transpire transpire for you are just incredible, absolutely incredible. Jacqueline, thank you. Thank you for being on the Rutledge Perspective Podcast for helping us reframe this whole idea of fear. Thank you, thank you, It's been amazing. It's been amazing. And you guys, please pick up her books um, and do the work. The questions in the back are really great. So make sure you are doing, doing that, moving yourself forward. I appreciate your tuning in and listening and watching, um, downloading. Please give us a review. Um, make a note. You will have uh, the information on Jacqueline as well in the show notes. So reach out to her. Um, have her come do a keynote at your organization, wherever you are. You will not be disappointed. In fact, you will all be able to move forward in, a, in an incredible, fearless way if you pay attention and take the effort. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and we will catch you next time. Take care. Bye Jacqueline. Bye Laura. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. 
Now, you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge Perspective podcast, please pass it along. <laughs>